0: Rejection of Children America's Single Greatest Sin by Pastor Dan Gaiman Hear this, O House of Jacob. The unconfessed sin debt piling up in America reaches all the way to heaven. The litany of our personal and national sins reaches from the Atlantic to the Pacific, from the Gulf waters to the Canadian border. No nation in all of history ever rose to such greatness in so short a time, and perhaps no single nation in the annals of time has ever plunged so quickly and so profoundly into the abyss of sin as the United States of America. This country is drowning in sin. No sin, however, is so profound, so terribly offensive to the living God as the rejection of children. This has become a national disgrace, and a collective sin that must be stirring the wrath of God in heaven. Few Americans can claim themselves guiltless in this sin. In the face of this national calamity, what can we do? If you have the moral courage to find out, keep reading. Having children has become a phobia in this country. In my lifetime, I've witnessed what has become the wholesale repudiation of children. What God loves... America hates. Scripture is very clear. God honors and loves children. Why is it then that Christians and non-Christians alike have demonstrated a general dislike, even a disdain for children? Few Americans stand guiltless before God in the face of this national tragedy. At the risk of offending a majority of those who dare to read this, rebuke. There is a world of people who need to swallow their personal pride confess their sin of rejecting children, plead clemency from heaven, and do whatever they can to make restitution for this sin. The rejection of children is evidenced in the lowest birth rate ever recorded in America among Celtic, Anglo-Saxon, Germanic, and Scandinavians. Best estimates are that we now stand at about 1.6 white children per capita. This plunging birth rate and skyrocketing immigration tsunami are in collusion to bring about the genocide of the white race and the spiritual, moral, and political demise of America as we have known it. Aside from the homeschooled families across the nation that generally favor large families, together with the Amish, who continue to multiply children, the rest of white America is in basic denial of children and are doing everything in their power to deny them a future in this land. The loss of children is the single greatest threat to the future of this country and our covenant people. This is not the case with the blacks, Mexicans, and especially the Muslims who are breeding like rabbits. One-child policy Anglo-Saxon Americans have already invoked the one-child policy in vogue in China, and they have initiated this rejection of children on their own initiative, without any mandate from government. Growing numbers of married couples are caught up in the spirit of the age, and even those who do want children generally stop it too. If they happen to have three, they panic, and if the fourth child comes along, they are certain sheer bedlam will set in. This rejection of children is more than just a philosophical worldview that gradually has been settling on the Christian West during the past 100 years. The denial of children has become a part of the cultural impress that has caught millions in its vortex. Few Caucasian Americans of marriageable age and beyond can claim innocence from the horrific sin of rejecting children. The single most profound sin in America barely gets passing notice from the pulpits. Most people, even professing Christians, hardly admit that the rejection of children is even a concern to them. But so deeply entrenched is the rejection of children that it has become a central theme in the culture of the American Caucasian population. This has not always been so. From the earliest beginnings of the American Republic, Until about 50 years ago, almost all churches required premarital counseling that cautioned against using birth control. Earlier generations of Caucasian Americans knew precious little about contraceptives and really didn't care or need to know. Most viewed children as what they are, a tremendous blessing. The typical American family a 100 years ago viewed a family of eight or ten children as a modest-sized family. Much larger families were common in rural America in 1910. In rural Vernon County, Missouri, records in the township where I live indicate that most families averaged ten to a dozen children in 1910. The children born to this generation were in their teens, twenties, and early thirties when the Great Depression hit. The generation born during the Depression saw much smaller families, about half as many children on average as their parents. The third generation of children downsized the family more, and successively more, until by the last decades of the 20th century, a family of two or three children was considered full. The 21st century family will often consist of none, one, two, or God forbid, you certainly have your hands full. Three. A large family is now an oddity, and sometimes elicits ridicule or even unkind remarks. Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar of Springdale, Arkansas, married on July 21st, 1984, and they're the parents of 20 children. They are such an oddity in America that they have drawn national and worldwide media attention. For years, they were paraded on television because of their number of children. You can be sure that there were no news stories when Samuel and Susanna Wesley became the parents of 19 children in 18th century England. Nor were the parents of Susanna Wesley famous for their 25 children. It was families with these kinds of numbers of children that peopled the original 13 colonies in North America and settled Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. America is now becoming a land of career-oriented women who have no time for marriage or for children. Physical intimacy with ample protection, and with whomever they happen to be dating at the time, suffices for married life. And a house cat, or toy poodle, takes the place of children. Most of these women were brainwashed in the public high schools and colleges of America to believe that marriage and motherhood belongs to the Stone Age. A man is needed only for occasional pleasure and entertainment. Beyond that, he has no real purpose. Who is guilty? Few Americans can sign off as not guilty in rejecting children. If you're married and have used various methods of birth control, lethal forms that can kill the newly formed child, not fetus, but child, or have simply used non-lethal forms of birth control, including abstinence, you are guilty of rejecting children. Untold millions of children have either been aborted or else were simply never conceived in the bedroom of white America. The denial or outright murder of children by means of lethal birth control has become standard practice among the majority of Caucasian married couples. Outside the parameters of the prescribed terms under which the Bible requires abstinence, No form of birth control is biblical. There may be a very unusual case in which a married couple should not have children. Such cases are very rare indeed. Few indeed are those couples who are willing to love what God loves and hate what God hates when it comes to children. God calls the fruit of the womb a blessing. God declares that those who fill the quiver with children will be blessed and will hold the key to dominion of God's earth. The annals of history are replete with case histories of those Caucasian nations that rejected children and ended upon the graveyard of nations. The future belongs to those who allow the sovereignty of God to determine when and how many children they should have. Those who reject children are simply signing off on a death warrant for the future of their own posterity and are contributing to the decline and even the demise of their own race. The High Price of Rejecting Children The nation of ancient Egypt, in Exodus 1, provides a clear case of what the rejection of children and a national program of genocide against children will do. The rejection of children became a reproach upon Egypt, and that nation went into decline and ruin for want of them. Exodus chapter 1 records the means by which ancient Israel extricated themselves from slavery. They did it by having multitudes of children. They simply outmultiplied the Egyptians and gained their freedom by filling their quiver full. The Israelites, in a state of slavery, made bricks in the daytime and babies at night. God honored them and extricated them in one of the most profound stories in history. One does not need to search the archives of history very long to discover that a plunging birthrate and a flood tide of aliens pouring into the landscape of ancient Greece and Rome assisted greatly in the demise of these great cultures. If every goal and tenet of the Tea Party in America could be implemented, it would still fail because the plunging birth rate and flood tide of immigration into America, legally and illegally, is not even up for debate. The one-child policy implemented in China has been voluntarily implemented in the Christian West. Russia, Western Europe, the British Isles, and the Western nations around the globe are suffering from a plunging birth rate. At the very same time, the non-white races are proliferating, the Muslims have an exploding population and are filling the landscape wherever they settle. Europe is becoming a Muslim stronghold. The Mexican birth rate is exploding in America. Asians and other foreign, non white populations in America are breeding like mice, while the Caucasian population uses their brain power to figure out how to avoid children. Let's talk about human rights. American politicians constantly press the issue of human rights and the oppression of basic rights that are denied the people of China, North Korea, Iran, and other nations across the globe. America has been touting human rights for more than 50 years. But America needs to examine the denial of human rights to 50 million or more unborn children who have been murdered, ruthlessly, in the most bloody, terrorist-oriented facilities known in human history. No pro-life president or Congress has ever slowed down the human rights violations of the unborn children of America since Roe v. Wade in 1973, which authorized the state-supported killing of unborn children. No coalition of clergy and their followers has ever risen up as a collective groundswell to demand that the murder of children stop. Individuals who have slowed down this traffic by one means or another are rotting away in jail, serving life sentences. For 38 years and counting, America has become a killing field, filled with the bloody carnage and terror of the unborn children of this nation, far too many of them white, What must we do? At this very late hour, we can only do what is within our means. Much like the Titanic floundering in the icy waters of the North Atlantic in April of 1912, America, the Titanic of nations, is rapidly sinking. We can only rush to a lifeboat and do all that we can and pray that God will exercise His supernatural power to aid His covenant children in making restitution for the crime of rejecting children. Our first goal is to swallow our personal pride and admit that we have erred in the allowing the spirit of the age that calls for the rejection of children to have exercised such a major impact in our lives. This means we must be willing to say we were wrong about children and cultivate a penitent and contrite heart in true and complete repentance before the God we love and serve. Number two, if you're married and are still within the age range to conceive children, prove your love to God and children by adding children to your quiver, simply say no to all forms of birth control and trust the sovereignty of God. If you have had a tubal ligation or vasectomy, consult a proper physician and see if you can, by God's help, have a reversal of the procedure. Many men have successfully reversed a vasectomy procedure. Number three, if you are past the age to conceive a child, but have children who are married, encourage them to have children and be willing to assist them in financial blessings. Inform your children and youth at an early age that any inheritance will go to those who marry and have children. If you are a grandparent, be willing to lend time and financial assistance to those family members who are married and are willing to parent children. If you have financial means to do so, find a good Christian Anglo-Saxon family that respects, loves, and honors God and sponsor a child. Consider paying for that child's birth expenses and then giving a stipend for their food and clothing after they're born. Number five. If you have a church family, initiate a midwife fund to assist those who are at home birthing their children. This fund is not a collection of the tithe. It is funded by those who wish to give a voluntary offering to assist in the multiplication of children. If all you can do is give occasional offerings and encouragement to a married couple who are trying to multiply godly children, you will be helping what God loves and doing severe damage to what Satan hates. Finally, I leave you with these words from Psalm 127, verses 3-5. through Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Question. Without the multiplication of godly children, who will meet the enemy at the gate? Just say no to all forms of birth control. I report, you decide, and God himself will be the final judge. Prayerfully consider taking steps to reject the spirit of the age and embrace children for the glory of God and the preservation of our people.